Welcome back to the show. What an episode we have in store for you today. We'll be joined by Sasha, who is head of business intelligence at Just Watch. Now, today it's going to be for you, SQL lovers. We will be talking about how we run highly functional data departments, data analytics, self service, the story of the modern data stack, and so much more. Enjoy. <laughs> So Sasha, running BI without savvy data engineers, where's this come from? Well, that comes from the need to actually get stuff done and focus more on the logic and actually delivering some products and without really wanting to bother and stack and be dragged by debugging, endless debugging, what's going on with the pipelines, you know, like really complex way how to see things see the logs so yeah that's actually basically the premise and we do really want to uh, be functional in terms of helping our end users to answer the questions pretty fast and that usually comes with um uh, yeah obviously high demand high pace high pace expectations mm -hmm. and i mean which is probably classical uh, and similar to many companies what they are facing so yeah and that's basically what we were aiming for to really get in the position where we could focus mostly not on uh, how to do things but actually yeah. do things and think about logic mostly and yeah that's basically the premise and i think honestly right now the industry the domain is in, in a situation where you can really achieve it pretty fast and also pretty cheap mm. uh, it's a, probably one of the best times right now to be in the data in the bi uh yeah because amazing technology-wise time right now we're living comparing to what we had even like let's say five years ago i mean yeah. not even talking about 15 years ago um yeah that's basically why and how that's a different story how we actually achieve that um we right now already i would say enjoying this particular mode for a few years but initially yeah. that always that, that was been a situation when i joined the company so we had like several engineers and not really much analytical capabilities and those engineers were i mean classical so kind of hybrid of devops you know like system mm -hmm. administration uh, expertise bash python script uh, spark like doing this old school pretty you know complex things yeah um but that was pretty much not super let's say productive uh mm. i would not say that you didn't do anything that you did a lot the thing is like yeah. The two three people we had on the team back then like the classical data engineers we could maintain like maybe 10 15 models like logical models mm -hmm. uh, in terms of sessions users all that stuff but that what i mean maintain uh about evolving that is really yeah that was not even like in discussion like it was always a stretch to do something new like to make some you know stage version like you know iterate on this compare it that was pretty pretty difficult mm -hmm. and definitely didn't really meet um the demand for analytics in the company so and yeah that had to change also probably the reason why i joined the company and i <laughs> started breaking everything uh, yeah so then basically we decided to go full scale on dbt and yeah. there was no there was no dbt there was no airflow there was a purely cron jobs running some bash scripts that do run some sql statements like you know in some order and so it was pretty you know uh, low level in terms of like you know you have to really write this like you know all this bash script and stuff and mm -hmm. maintain it and then do the cron jobs and then you play in kubernetes which is which is cool which is great which is of course in technology but you don't really want to think about that when you just need to well 
I have this model data model in mind uh, that business requires, and I don't want to actually talk, think about bash scripts and how to actually execute that. So you just want to want to express it in scale in a way. And luckily, by back then, GPT was already on the rise. Yeah. And yeah, that was a really good fit. Um, how long so, ago was this? How are we going with GPT? Yeah. Were you, yeah, well, were you getting involved? Yeah, how I get involved? Well, <laughs> it's not like someone pitched it to me. Um, part of the job is actually to just, you know, uh, listen to the what's happening in the industry, yeah. be aware, like reading the blogs, watching YouTube channels about particular uh, technologies. I mean, go to meetups, right? So, like, eventually you're going to hear about technology if it's great. Actually, fun story. Mm -hmm. The first time I heard about DBT, that was in a meetup back in 2019, and that was meetup hosted by Snowplow. And there was some okay. company talking about how they, you know, actually do things, Snowplow things, but with DBT. And that got my attention, so that I had a look into this. And basically, that's a game changer uh, since since few years already. I mean, many, many people realize it. So it's also making even like specific role right now on the market, on the job market, right? So analytical yeah. engineer. So whenever, so the, it's actually funny, right? So open source package introduced a very high demanded position for the data. It's like analytical engineer and people right now recognizing this demand and going to there. So it's pretty remarkable uh, how this could have happened. And yeah, that was, a, as I said, a pretty good requirement. I mean, requirement like prerequisites for the DBT integration. Um, but also we had to handle, besides logical development, we also had to handle, okay, let's say you have a DBT, let's say you have DBT models, then I need to run mm. them. Right? I need to like, you know, execute them and stuff. And how do you do it classically? I mean, if you don't have airflow, some ways, but also you need to talk to SRE people, like DevOps people, right? So they actually can help you with this. So, and that was also kind of a bottleneck because we had to communicate uh, between departments. But what I wanted to, to actually achieve so bi department is pretty independent and can yeah. do all the things without really uh asking the help where it's not completely necessary and so we can really go ourselves with our pace because like even the box could be busy i mean website could be down so obviously they're busy to restoring it yeah uh, but we also have some stuff to do and we don't want to depend on that and like it's also like wh whenever you can eliminate this dependency and you just be fully uh, capable yourself obviously you can with this you can really go faster and like yeah define your own priorities right so that's what we also wanted to achieve and back then also developing all those pipelines was super low level why you had to write all those bash scripts like cron jobs mm. and stuff which requires you to know how to do this and requires you to know how to write that uh, bash script like scripts and python how to do the cron jobs so you need to know kubernetes a little that requires mm -hmm. quite some knowledge because you can also break some stuff and but i felt that it's not really like that didn't feel right like you shouldn't be like there should be something that could really abstract all that complexity and yeah. expose a bit more easy way for you to well develop also focus on the logic mostly and yeah that's actually what where airflow came in i mean by then i already worked with airflow um, for a few years in my previous company and yeah that's exactly where it is basically those two combined uh, they are both open source, right? Mm -hmm. Airflow is even Apache, Apache uh, has Apache quality seal. Uh, DBT was really on the rise. I mean, having a great adoption. And yeah. basically, so you, basically, if you go open source, you also don't need to pay for every, uh, anything. 
and that was also highly maintained and super active community so you always had questions you can go i mean this dbt channel right so like you go there like you ask any questions you have so much uh so much response like sometimes way too much so yeah especially right now it's like really probably the place where the, the people hang out so yeah it's super active community it's super helping uh, yeah that was definitely not a problem for us to get information because you have great documentation you actually have community and stuff then basically combining those two technologies we were able to completely uh, break this dependency on uh, this as you said like savvy savvy technology skills yeah so once you have dbt which is basically 95 percent writing a sql code and sql's de facto standard way of expressing your data queries like every data person should know it i mean even if you focus on python development everyone could actually write a sql logic Mm -hmm. uh, and then airflow i actually would say it's even still a bit savvy because when you write you need to write the airflow docs you need to write a python code which is also not really actually complex and it's like 80 percent of the stuff you write is just copy paste mm -hmm. but what we actually achieved and what we implemented in our on our setup our docs not expressed in python so because airflow is dynamically generating all your pipelines uh in python so you can actually not really do it really in python you still can but what we do we just have simple expression of the docs in yaml which is pretty readable and mm -hmm. you what airflow is doing on our side just reads through the yaml files and based on the specifications you see in the yaml files it builds a dog on the fly and maintaining this yaml files is way easier it's like you don't need to even run python anyhow right yeah. and like to teach anyone how yaml works it's very easy it's like yeah it's like markdown language you know it's even like visually more appealing way more than xml or like json even <clears throat> so with this in place where we had airflow so i had to convince our DevOps team to install the airflow cluster and which they did and after that we could develop all the things that all the functionality out of the box of the airflow uh very easy right so we didn't need to go and deploy some cron jobs and then debug them and try to see what's going on with the help of engineers or the help of the DevOps people. Mm -hmm. Just a pure airflow cluster, which is just running and it's, uh, the, the recipe how to run it, it's pretty stable. Um, yeah, so with that, and obviously when we added capability to run dbt as a, one of the tasks, which could be a little, it was a little tricky, like, you know, back then, like four years ago, now it's way easier. Um, yeah, after that, we had all those puzzle pieces together, so we can actually yeah. have this info in place. Uh, we based on two open source packages, I mean, Airflow and dbt, both Python open source packages. Mm -hmm. And since that, when we introduced it, it, there was like process to like migrate to this, like move some legacy logic of the models, because there was some logic in like those 10, 15 models I mentioned about. So yeah. we moved this in dbt, and after that, it just exploded in terms of how fast we could go from there with purely writing a scroll. So then we had like two analysts, I mean, me and some another senior uh, BI analyst. Mm -hmm. And in a year, we scaled it up. So we got 15 models, and like in a year, we have already several hundred, right? So we scaled it, I mean, we replicated, then we optimized, and then we scaled it. And also the, the whole process, like testing, adding, deploying stuff. You just, you know, out of the box, you don't even need to think about this. I mean, you could, if you want to, right? You can explore what DBT is doing, but when you're really confident uh, about the tool and how it works, and you know under the hood how it really acts, you don't even think about this anymore. So because like, yeah, well, 
just dbt run dbt tests mm -hmm. and also what's important to mention we in this initial phase switched from redshift to snowflake so yeah. this is like very powerful and capable back backbone is required so it's not open source obviously and the snowflake it was super easy to iterate especially because of this um, zero efforts cloning capability right so copy capability when you can basically clone entire database production one and test your stuff in there mm. right so this is like really cool when you combine it with dbt uh, profiles dbt environments so this is really unlocked us uh i mean testing stuff on production data let's say you clone production data you test it there and then you, you, you're fine like mm. with the rest of that would actually require what cloning the real production database or in BigQuery the same then we pay a lot so in Snowflake, in this regards, as you just you just making my reference to this, and yeah. you can play with that, and you actually don't really pay for copy. That's really great. And when you have all that combined, you can really do uh, way more. And afterwards, actually, our engineers, uh, yeah, they didn't really do any that engineer like classical per se that engineering jobs. What they were focusing on only on bringing this raw data like from different sources, but those were classical, let's say, like some Postgres stuff. Mm -hmm. You need to move to Snowflake, but you don't really transform it, right? So like it's EOT approach. Take it, drop it, that's it. And that's pretty stable. Oh, there is like Snowplow source, which is has its own out-of-the-box uh, managed solution that can also bring you data into your Snowflake. And that's basically it. That's all the data engineering job that was left to do. And since that, since you have data in Snowflake, business intelligence analysts, the developers, they could pick it up from there, writing DBT models, and they didn't really have to really express this uh, logic of transformations to engineers, waiting for them to get back to them like with implementation after mm -hmm. like prioritizing the task or like, you know, this back and forth communication between analysts and engineers just gone because analysts themselves are fully capable as I was actually aiming to achieve for the whole department. And now they, yeah, can change and update pipelines at any moment uh, in, in the whole you know, chain they don't need to, they don't rely on anyone mm -hmm. so yeah that's actually how we managed to get away from savviness in the technology to really uh, that was like with this savvy like low level highly demand skill for devops for for engineering yeah. like really classical engineering this is really where you have to get there like you know in these particular areas but for business intelligence for the data analytics not required with the technologies like Snowflake or BigQuery or Redshift as a backbone, right? So you, which you didn't have like 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. Or then the DBT on top and you express your logic in a SQL and the Airflow that also schedules it very flexibly and you just, you know, go or extend it if you want. So yeah, with that, in a, in a matter of few years, we really scaled and covered all the needs. That was a really good timing because in like, it wasn't 2020, because in 2021, after we moved to all those three technologies, there was a huge project huge demand for all this, you know, development of like analytics, because mm -hmm. yeah, I think we would not have managed that without uh, like an old way. So without DBT, Airflow and Snowflake, no way. And I was pretty happy we made it, we made the switch. So we, yeah, we're able to meet the demand. And yeah, yeah team grew a little uh, in terms of uh, analysts, but basically still the main requirement when I talking to someone on interview, I was tell that yeah, well, everything else you can learn here. I mean, if you know Airflow, if you know DBT and Snowflake, great. But if you don't, I mean, not a big deal. But what you have to know is a SQL. That's the only thing we're actually testing when we when we do uh, challenges or interviews. 
because everything else is uh, yeah technology. You can learn technology fast, right? But if you want to be plug and play, and GPT 99, 95% is SQL, you have to know it. So if you like aiming for mid or senior position, yeah, we expect you to know it. But everything else, you can pick it up right here. You don't teach you. So and that also means like it's very low technical barrier for the person to come in and really start developing, bringing the value. Yeah. Because SQL is well, you you can learn the SQL for a long time, but it's pretty fast to get to the level where you can really express stuff, complex stuff. Top level, that's how it is. Is it, is it scalable? Is this, hmm. as you grow, I mean, to get up and running quickly, to get things so, moving? Yeah. So when I joined the company, company was like, it's not a big company, uh, but it does not mean we do not much. We actually, and it's not only applies to the, to the BI, but also to our marketing department, which is backbone of our business model. Mm -hmm. uh, we scale with technology first. I mean, there are some functions, there are some obviously aspects you cannot fully automate, like when you have to talk to the client, right? So like the more clients you have, so you have like some account managers, so that you can't really fully automate. Well, talking about AI, probably now, soon you're going to be able to. But whenever it comes to technology, like, you know, setting up campaigns, or like, you know, pulling the data, uh, this is definitely technically possible to automate in a way. And that applies to all the departments. So same to BI. Um, another thing, like, which came after we moved to GPT, Airflow, and Snowflake, that we were able to deliver analytics and dashboards. Next yeah. thing that comes afterwards, well, dashboard is not the end of the story, right? It's not the end of the road, because then you have growing company more people coming to you with data questions uh yeah some things you can answer with dashboards sure but it's quite often well i need this extra filter that you don't have it there you know like can you add it for me and then and all like this extra granularity that to add this you need to redo everything because you didn't think about that up front for whatever reason and then it's endless endless story right so you're gonna end up tuning those dashboards or like making new ones but most of those questions probably could be somehow answered, um, well, automatically. So we went for self-service exploration. So that was after fixing and making underlying data and processes good. Mm -hmm. That was okay, cool. Now we do like, you know, we need to go to this upper part of pi pyramid, right? So foundation is warehouse, then pipelines, then logic and DBT. And then this tip of the pyramid is um, uh, basically analytics and reporting. So and my main priority when we were looking for the platform, uh, for the reporting platform, was not really, so I didn't want this to be BI tool. I want this to be our end users tool, first of all, right? right. If you wanted to be unlocked with a pixel perfect reports preparation, we probably would pick another one, but the goal was to really have self-service. So our users, and they're not technical, most of them, mm -hmm. they don't know a skill, they don't need to know a skill. It's not what we want them to do, right? So they, they have to be experts in marketing, for example. And I cannot expect them to know SQL or like any, any more even complex technical stuff. So I can expect them to know data they are working with, right? To understand yeah. what impressions are, campaigns, setup, supplies. So that's I can expect. And I also can expect them actually be interested in pulling the results, right? So they want to get answers. They're not pretending they want to get answers. They really want to get answers. And yeah, that basically that's we why we went for self-service uh, approach and focus platforms. And yeah, right now we ended up with the Lidash. Uh, so we're working with the Lidash, which is mm -hmm. 
if you think about that, it's actually logical. So it's also open source. I mean, you can yeah. host it open source yourself if you want. We do not host it open source. Um, so we have cloud version, but it's also comparing to other competitors, it's like not really expensive. And it's like flat price. You, you pay for the cluster, you don't pay for the users, you know, seats and stuff, licenses. It's kind of flat price. doesn't matter the, how much you you use that in terms of, you know, queries and use. Because I think it's it's actually the best because basically it's a, it's just a web application. Just a web application that you use to pull some data, but the whole heavy lifting is happening behind the scenes by the warehouse you use, and you still pay for that. Right, because you pay for right. compute in the, in the snowflake, rest of the query doesn't matter. And for tool itself, doesn't it should, doesn't really care that much how much data you have, like trillions of rows, billions or millions, not a big difference. It just generates a query, hits it, wait for reply, get it back, aggregate values, right? Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, so then. basically just more about handling the traffic of users but i think reasonable because i know that uh, a lot of companies are selling based on um, based on number of seats uh, which probably could correlate num like a number of you know on the traffic the platform gets i get it but it's also not i know it's not that flexible because i want this self-exploration tool to be super hyped right and i didn't want want first of all to watch my users and really, you know, go after them. Hey, use it too much. It's too expensive. We don't. I mean, my idea was, hey, this is our service. Use how how much you want, however you want. Please advertise it to your team teammates, and mm -hmm. the answers you actually find them. You can save them and you share it within the team. You can become the champion in your team. Like everyone loves you. BI loves you because you're actually making the content uh, useful for your team. But like you know, yeah. for us as well. So because we don't do this, because like you know, the button should be able to unlock this, um, not only self-service, but also self-content creation capabilities and like, you know, sharing stuff. And then obviously I want this to be hyped in terms of like usage. And it's really became like the, uh, the adoption is crazy. So like we have like right now 150, 160, 170 people in the company. Mm -hmm. And when we introduced Lidash, I mean, the first months were slow because, you know, like we had to configure stuff, but I think we went to 140 monthly active users already on the third month. So out of 170 yeah yeah so which is i mean it's also important to understand like everyone here just watch is really uh well they do love the like the stuff they do right so and the the stuff they actually have to work on they have to get data and the easier you can get it the more effective you can be right and when now if we once we unlock that exploration because it's not only about Report. You just go there and like, okay, well, nice. I see this whatever spent per platform, but then how is yeah. the difference by what's split by country? You click that, go on country. Oh, nice. I mean, this looks weird. Let me explore this more, right? So it's it's inviting you to explore it, and it's not limiting you like in this particular dashboard here. Uh, the dashboard usually like you can develop dashboards in Light Dash, but it's usually like entry point for exploration. Mm -hmm. and then once they get a taste of this exploration. Yeah, they can go and like dive and find some interesting insights that BI cannot find because when we don't probably don't know that date, this data is that good, and we also not super focused on this particular matter right now. So yeah, kind of outsourcing this data exploration and like unlocking them, 
and it's great for salespeople as well. Like let's say a classical, right? Saturday evening, hey, you know, I need by Monday morning this kind of stuff. Can you, you know, have to pull it for me? Well, now, now they don't ask us. Now they go there because I'm almost like, you know, how I sell, sell this to them. Yeah, now you can go there. It's 24 seven for yours. You can find any easy answers. How many users we had in this particular country last month in this particular bathroom? Sure, here. Like you mm. even type it and you find it for you. So you don't have to even deal right now anymore with these grumpy BI people that, you know, never do it in time for you. Like, you know, they don't really understand you. Yeah, let's just yeah. talk to the talk to the platform. So which is great. And they are unlocked and they even have more insights because they don't need to communicate to us quite often about what they want. So they, they can explore it for their features, right? Because that's what they actually need for. Yeah. Is it and, self-taught? Uh, the business so, users? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, can I please? The uh, the, is it self-taught? The the business users being able to access the the self-service tools, or is it? Ah, yeah. Well, so basically, uh, just access to your Google account, I mean, for Jasper's account, and that's it. So there is a. We don't even need to invite configure access for our public data set, which is about platform. Basically, everyone from just watch domain can open the link. I mean, and they already automatically create the user for them. And there is a tab for automatic permissions, right? So what happens yeah. if you join from just watch and basically everything about platform, which is product analytics is available by default. Whenever it comes to some more sensitive data, yeah, we need to pre-configure and mm -hmm. after configure the stuff, but basically it's flexible. Uh, what's cool, I, I forgot to mention um, about LiDAR, it's based on dbt natively. So it was developed on top of dbt project. So, because many platforms, they are platforms, they pretty old, right? Mm -hmm. Let's take a look at, for example, right? So how much, how long, how long is in the market, right? They really have this ecosystem architecture and DBT is not that old. And, but it's so popular and companies are moving there. And you basically have all your logic already in DBT Express anyways. Mm -hmm. you do one, it's there. You have your documentation in there, right? You have your tests in there. And what LightDash is doing is basically hooking to this. So you just add some extra tags somewhere in dbt projects in documentation and then LightDash is reading this and that's it so you don't need to go into some separate repository configure your semantics in different place mm -hmm. uh, it's also source controlled because it's part of dbt project naturally and then yeah that also comes with the pretty natural cicd and testing capabilities because it's like all all the same yeah i've, I've got a question yeah. What would happen if, for whatever reason, DBT just ceased to exist as of tomorrow? But what, what mean, would happen? You mean, you mean DBT Labs? Yeah. So the company that's uh, basically driving this, for us, nothing. Because actually, we use open source one, DBT Core. And this package is not, not going to go anywhere. Uh, so for those who use DBT Labs, I guess they're going to be forced to move to DBT Core, which is mm -hmm. not really probably... A, yeah, it's annoying, but like not the end of the world. But I do think that even the current state of DBT core itself, maybe like even a year or two ago, two ago, already solved most of the data questions, data problems, right? So, and I, yeah, even if it's not changing or not evolving anymore, I think it's going to be just preserve the standard how you do the transformations for quite some time before the next big thing comes. So I'm not afraid. I mean, I don't want to jinx it. I mean, I want them actually pro progress. Yeah. And 
Mm -hmm. I know people can contribute to dbt package like for example for Lidash. it's also open source but also hosted I mean managed by company but obviously they they accepting contributions to the to the github repository so it's open mm -hmm. source so maybe it will be if dbt labs itself as an entity can will cease to exist then it will be just picked up by community maybe yeah. eventually it can also get into Apache foundation who knows I mean as airflow and so airflow originate from Airbnb right that was internal project in there I mean if you didn't know that's why it has air in in the front yeah. because it's, it's Airbnb that was internal tool they developed for scheduling and then it was so good so they decided to open source it and then like it was so popular and then it got adopted and then like went to Apache eventually yeah the life cycle of airflow I, I wasn't actually aware of that so fascinating yeah well uh yeah appreciate you uh you joining us today Sasha it sounds like what a, a good journey you've been on um and I think it's probably the way things will be moving forward less and less super technical specialists more business enablers and getting stuff done um like you said if people wanted to get in touch with you or what have you got coming up yeah well where would they find you very easy to get in touch I think with every more or less caring data person right now uh as a matter of fact dbt slack channel became the place where all the data people right now hanging anyways so I guess that's the best place because you can find anyone like really I had some interesting conversations with the people from I mean not even about dbt yeah it's dbt slack uh account and stuff but we were talking about not about dbt at all and mm -hmm. you can see there are like channels about different platforms, which and quite often in their conversations have nothing to do with DBT. And like there are some conversations about comparators of DBT. So I think overall, I mean, you can definitely find me there, but also if you are really serious about it, you should go there. So there's a lot of material, a lot of uh, news, blog posts, like, you know, things developed for data, about data, uh, pretty cool channel about the memes and, and jokes. I mean, one of my favorite is just, you know, just hanging there. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. You reach me there. Uh, LinkedIn, obviously. I mean, yeah, that's I guess the best DBT Slack channel or or LinkedIn. About nice. future, well, as I said, like the kind of pyramid is done right now. So we have Foundation, Snowflake, then we have pipelines and for logic and DBT. Now we have pretty uh, mature self-service layer. Mm -hmm. Next. Well, it's kind of hype, but I want to add double down a little more on intelligence. Okay. So not like just, you know, yourself exploring, but basically, you know, communicating with data with all this super hyped GPT styles stuff. So like there are a lot of uh, projects and like even some vendors right now on the market that actually really makes this integration. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm not really sure about how exactly integrate that. We're going to be in open AI or maybe some self-hosting open, open source models and stuff. So that's mm -hmm. actually the project for this year. So nice. we are pretty much done with the covering those self-service means like you know what you're looking for and you know you, you pull this yourself without SQL. Next thing gonna be really insights. I mean not only BI people giving you insights, but also like you know this prompt way of asking and like discovering data, like explaining data and like finding some anomalies. And I think it's actually not even more of a technical challenge here, but like you know, with be careful about legal because you have to be like you know like what about data protection because it's also competitive data our clients sometimes like yeah, really yeah, yeah. have to separate even like within the company 
So that's going to be a challenge, but yeah, that's an interesting project. So we have this parameter, and then going to need some, say, like an idea for the for the slide. We're going to slide for the roadmap. So like every every year, I this extra like in you know, a layer for the pyramid. I mean, yeah. we already done like last year. And then who build the pyramids, right? Obviously, aliens. So going to be aliens, UFO. <laughs> that's going to be intelligence and all stuff. Right. Nice. Nice. And um, the team is that growing this year? So team is pretty much settled. Uh, companies like 170 and the whole team right now, six and a half, seven people, depends how you count it. Uh, we are looking for one person to join us uh, to pretty much balance. You know, we have like two directions of uh, operations like B2B and B2C. And B2B is covered. B2C, yeah, we're looking for one person. Yeah, there is actually a position right now open. Uh, but as I said, uh, it's like mid and senior, but the main requirement technically is actually a skill. Yeah, difference between senior and mid, well, your level of skill, basically. So if you don't know DBT or you don't know Airflow and you want to really try some cool stuff, fun stuff, uh, that's that's definitely a chance. Uh, yeah, and skill is only a requirement, which means you don't really, yeah. I mean, if you're in data, you definitely know a skill. And a passion for film? Um, comes without saying. So obviously those who relate to, I mean, I, I worked with many industries, you know, so I was working for the BI vendor. So like by nature, I was talking to different clients every day and like, you know, from healthcare to agriculture to some you know, macroeconomic data. So you have to understand that, but also when it comes about something that you're really passionate about, I mean, movies and TV shows, many people love them, right? So if you're not in TV shows, at least movies, it's cool to do, like when you debug something like some analytics, it's cool when you debug stuff about your favorite film movie yeah. and tv show because you actually know about that stuff right yeah. well you can see that this is does not look right because i know this marvel tv series was on netflix and then actually they dropped the license and now it's on disney and now good box so you can you can do that and if you like it you're definitely enjoying it more uh rather than some hypothetical abstract uh, i don't know like transactions or insurance coverance uh no offense to insurance companies but still like this is fun and yeah it's 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 fun to talk about films and movies when you work on the projects and you know like you have to always like open the yeah, yeah, yeah. it looks like you know like on any other company you see people actually watching youtube on the doing the job like what are you doing like you have to go to work and here it's actually part of the job in a way <laughs> it's, it's so it's pretty it's pretty amazing obviously if you have a passion for the movies and tv show that's always extra plus yeah uh, so because i love like working with the passionate people with the highly motivated people those that don't you know just do their job, but actually really have fun with this. Uh, because you can find actually more interesting insights when you when you love what you're doing. You might just look more, oh, that's interesting. Let's 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 dig more. Yeah. Yes. So passion is is important. Amazing. Amazing. Well, appreciate you joining us today, Sasha. Thank you very much for your time. Sure. Best luck for the year. Ciao for now. Ciao. Thank you, Matt. Thank you.